What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Indeed and In Truth Ministries podcast series. I'm Logan. I'm Amber. And we are here to bring you another episode in the general discussion. Um, and I believe Amber has picked the topic uh, for today. So, uh, you know, you guys can reach out to us with praise reports, prayer requests. Um, you guys can get a hold of us at uh, Indeed and in, or uh, Indeed and in Truth Ministries at gmail.com. You guys can also reach out to us on our Facebook page at Indeed and In Truth. Um, and if everything goes the way I'm hoping it goes, which I don't, I still don't know. Uh, we were hoping to release the website, uh, and I just don't know where that's just at right now. We literally have two, two or three little small things that just need to be tightened up, and we haven't tightened them up yet. So we're I was working. Say on they're it. pretty small. Yeah, it's pretty minute. We just we have to get them done, and we're just we are dealing with some issues, and we're just not able to get them yet. So we're working on it, but um. That being said, uh, like I said, you guys can reach out to us. You know, hopefully our website's going to be up super soon. Um, we do want to apologize because last week, like we hit a, like a stub with Facebook and Facebook was not posting our devotions uh, and they were Nor not. Nor did it post the yeah, podcast release or Yeah, nothing. it didn't post anything. So we don't really know what happened. It just told me that things were failed. So you guys probably saw a few of those things jump up really fast. Um, and that's because you know, we tried to catch everything back up, and then one of them we had to kind of let go, and then we're hopefully going to uh, get the rest of them done out. I don't know why they weren't posting. Um, you know, they were set up. We've done it that way every week, so I don't right. know. We'll we'll deal with it. You know, we'll work through it. So I don't have anything else to say, Amber. So go ahead and tell everybody whatever it is that you're wanting to dive into. Well, um. I don't know, when you asked me earlier what I wanted to talk about, like, God's really just been dealing with me on taking authority. And, and it's not so much that he's dealing with me on it, it's more of just reminding me that I have it. And that's sometimes I think as Christians we forget the authority that we have and taking that authority back. And, you know, I was sharing with a couple people today about this vision I had had of a um, a lion with its... um. It, it, it the first lion was um in the front it was on fire and there was a million other lions behind it and um they were not on fire but the one in the front was on fire and when that lion on fire roared the others began to roar and when all of them roared at the same time the ground began to shake and the earth was shaking and uh and then God had spoke to me in that, and he had told me, he said, you know, when a lion roars, it's to, um, it, it roars at danger to put its fears into check. Put fear into check is the way it was, I had written it down. But, and then he had spoke to me today about um, getting, getting an attitude with the enemy when he starts speaking things into our minds and stuff. Because I think, Right now, the church at wide is just under mental attack, like they just are. And the enemy is trying so hard to steal identities that is not his and try to put identities on people that are not theirs. So I think being able to take authority back of those situations and learn knowing how to take that authority back is really important. Okay, so you know how, so you're saying that we need to know how to take authority back so what have you got um well i looked up um 
in, in Luke 10, 19, it says, Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. So I think, well, I can't, I shouldn't say I think. With that being said, why would God allow it to hurt us mentally, you know? So if we have that authority and we have that power, then why are we allowing these things to hurt us? Why are we allowing these things to continue to eat at us? You know what I mean? Well, do you want the answer or do you want to chew on it? No, if you have the answer, spill the beans, man. <laughs> um, here's here's the reality. Christians don't have power. They don't live in it. They that refuse to walk in it. Why is it that Satan runs rampant in the mind? Because Christians do not understand how to submit their minds and be renewed by the word of God. The Bible says that we need to have our minds removed, renewed, yeah. a spirit of our mind renewed uh, by the washing of the water of the word. We need to do those things daily. So if we understand that we're supposed to do those things, the reason why we don't have those things is because Christians think that they can just come to church and see, um, I had a pastor say it like this. He said, you know, they've replaced the church and considered the church to be their discipleship. They you know, feed off the of church it of is designed the and the church service is designed so that when you come in, you're equipped to mm -hmm. take off and go back out and disciple and do work. It's a place for you come in to be exhorted and be exalted and be uh, comforted and to be loved on and to be fed. And then you're sent back out to go work. Well, guess right. what? Discipling people is work. Mm -hmm. So it's not your pastor's job to disciple you. You think it is, but it's not. Why don't you walk in power? Because you refuse to adhere to the word of God. Right. Conformity to the word of God is life and power. If you want to walk in power and you want to walk in authority, the way that we're describing this here, if you do not submit yourself in these areas, and you don't, especially if you don't submit to the word of God, Absolutely. you will not walk in power or no. authority. You will fail every single time. And it's not because God doesn't love you. No. It's because you refuse to... to conform and, yeah. you refuse to conform to the word you know i've been really hard on this with some people here lately um it does not matter what my opinion is about something mm -mm. if i want power and i want authority and i want to function with the power of the holy ghost and i want to be a vessel that's me i have to conform to the word right my opinion about whatever that situation is no longer matters anymore um and i take that and i translate that into various areas in my life but you know, that's just something, uh, that's why, that's why Christians, you said, Hey, we got to obtain power and authority. Well, you won't obtain it because you're too lazy to try. Yeah, It takes work. And that's, I think that's a big part, especially in today's society. Nobody wants to work. I mean, everybody, even in well, we physical want, form. Well, we want a hand, we want a, um, a fast food society. Well, we want a Give fast food me. gospel. Yeah, that too. We want something, you, we want the pastor to do all the work, and we want the elders in not our just church the to do all the work. I was about to say, not just pastors, but the elders in the church, the people who have applied themselves. Because I don't know how many times I've heard people ask, well, how did you get to where you're at? You know, I want to be where you are. I want to do the things that you're doing. I want to do, I want to do this. I want to see this. I want to hear this, just like you. And it's like, look, I didn't get here in two days. You know what I mean? I didn't get here in five seconds and a, a snap of my fingers. It took time. I had to study. I had to pray. I had to seek his face. There was many, many times of laying out on the floor and just crying out, God, please just come in and just 
take everything of me away. You have to be able to completely surrender yourself to him to be able to walk and function in those things fully. And if you're not willing to give up your selfishness and your selfish desires and the things that you want most in your life and not sacrifice things for him the way he sacrificed for you, how can we expect to be able to walk in that? Well, because here's the other side of that. They don't want to give up the lust of the eyes, the lust of yeah. the flesh, the pride of life. They want to pursue it. Yeah. Because I can justify to you why it's more important for me to be at a baseball game than it is for me to be in, in church. church. Yeah. You know, I get frustrated and I don't get frustrated with people. People no. make decisions. You are you're more than welcome. Go good games if that's what you want to do. Go to games if that's what you want to do. It does not bother me. But what I'm just saying is is you cannot get upset if you are saying you're pursuing God for something specific and you're not applying yourself in various areas that it would take for you to obtain what it is that you're believing God for or what authority it is that you're believing God for or what power or realm of power that you want to function in. You won't obtain those things if you do not give God room to do something in your life. Um, you, you have to, again, it comes back to conforming to the word. You have to conform to the word. The Bible says not to forsake the assembling of ourselves together. We go on vacations. We enjoy those kinds of things. But when 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 you show up in church all winter long, um, and then when summer and stuff like that starts coming around, baseball season kicks in, all these various areas, you know, uh, you just dip out of the church and nobody sees you and oh, everything's been going great. Everything's been going great. But then, but then, then the struggling. next time we see you, exactly, the next time we see you. Physically in front of us, you know, we can reach out to you on Facebook and stuff. This is why I don't call people. This right here is why I don't call people. Because first off, by the Holy Ghost, I know you're lying to me when I call you and I ask you how things are going. I know you're lying to me. The second thing is, if it does you no good if I'm not physically in front of you showing you that I care. You know what I'm saying? Some people are like, well, just a phone call would be nice. Or just like, look, man. You know what? I've got a hundred things I got to get done in a day. And I, I apologize if calling you to see why you got offended and left the church for the last four weeks is not on my priority list. And I'm not taking that back because that's the frustration. You are responsible for walking out your own salvation in fear and trembling. It is not anybody else's job to help you obtain what God said you could have for your life. If you don't want to walk in authority and you don't want to you don't want to cast devils out and see miracles happen, fine. Then don't. But don't right. get upset because you see somebody else walking in that authority and you see somebody else getting those victories that you think God just doesn't care about me. Now that's not true. You refuse to or apply yourself. Or you think yourself. that they don't deserve to have those things happening in their life. Right? You get you get bitter, you get offended, or I know what they did 3 or 4 months ago and they weren't getting that kind of, you know what I'm saying? Like you just that's just silly. Why are we doing that? You know, you don't have a thought, you don't get authority and power. Yeah, I was listening to Pastor Ryan Lestrange talk about that uh, earlier this week. He was talking about the spirit of offense taking over the church and the spirit of rebellion taking over the people in the church and how people were really struggling in these areas and how they lack the discernment to know that they're even dealing with it and how they're just walking in it because they think it's just a normal thing that, you know, but they're not even seeing that what they're walking in is a 
it's an it's a spiritual attack on them in specific and it's not just attacking one or two it's attacking the church at wide so let's talk about this for a second so we got we know faith can be a muscle we have to exercise it right we don't exercise faith faith does not grow right it doesn't produce mm-hmm. um if if we understand that and we also understand that other people's faith produced miracles in their life when Jesus interacted with them because they set their faith to obtain something from him. Right. Um, if you, there's a difference between, see, what was it? What did, what did James say? He said, faith without works is dead. Right. If I want to obtain something by faith, I have to have action behind it. If I want to obtain, Jesus said he gave us all power and authority, right? He gave it to us. But it's your job to position yourself to be exercising it. Right. Right? He gave it to you. Just because he gave it to you doesn't mean that he said that he's exercising it for you. That's your job. It's not Jesus' faith that's going to see the miracles happening here. It's your faith. It's the people of faith. It's, a fa- it's the faith of the people around you. Jesus did it all. He already said, hey, whatsoever you ask the Father in my name, I will do for you. Right. Or he will do it for you, you know? So if we know that he will do those things, why is it that I would even, you know, there's nothing for me to even question here on the topic because uh, if I'm not walking in power and authority, it's purely because I chose not to. I chose not, let me rephrase that, I chose not to exercise my power and my authority. Yeah. I think, like you said, it's it's all a muscle, and if you're not exercising it and you're not walking it out and you're not getting in there and because what even when you work out and stuff you go in and you stretch first you know you go in you stretch it out you do like a pre-workout or you know a warm-up or something before you get in there and start really digging in and doing the work and see and then and then after a while of doing it then you begin to see the results it doesn't come immediately you know and i I don't know. When you were talking about that, it just that's the analogy that I got in from it. That was what I had seen. Well, think about it this way. Faith, if you don't exercise your faith, it's not going to work. Mm-hmm. Um, if you would, I don't want to say it. If you would, faith becomes deferred when, when mankind and people have the first fight for their faith. The Bible says that we need to fight the good fight of faith. So when we put our faith out there, God, we want to see this happen. And we mix, we mix seed, we mix, you know, we take whatever it is we put our hands to, we establish things, and we say, God, I want to do this with this. And so if we, when we do that, the first, first challenge that arises, we buckle. Mm-hmm. Every time we buckle. And then we get upset. God, you didn't do what you said you were going to do. You didn't, your, your word lied to me. You know, you lied to me. No, God didn't lie to you. You buckled, and you gave up on what you you believed for. You stopped exercising faith, and you stopped pursuing the promise of God that you would have a power and authority over that situation. That does not always mean it's going to be a right now thing, right? You know, well, everybody wants right now things, like you said, fast food society. Right. Go ahead. I was about to say, look at Abraham. I mean, he waited how many years before he was even able to, see, and he didn't even get to see. The, the promise of many nations, you know, he didn't even live to see that. So, I mean, and I think it was you that had pointed that out to me one time. 
because we were talking about something and you had made that comment. You said he didn't even live to see his pro- that promise unfolded. But no, I he, mean, he got the, he got to see the promise of Isaac, but he did I was not about to get say, to see. He did get to see the promise of Isaac, but look at how long it took before he was even able to see that. And the problem is, is we don't want to wait on those promises. We want it right now. Well, let's the- talk about Abraham for a second. What did Abraham do? The Bible says that he believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Mm-hmm. So he had faith that God would do what he said he would do. Right. He said, according to the time of life in a year, I'll return and you'll have that child. And, and you know, he had to mix his works right with his faith. God said, you're no longer Abram, you're Abraham. You know, Sarah is no longer, or Sariah, or Sarah. Sarah Sarai or something. Yeah, Sarai or something like that. Because she actually had a really, it was a weird way to pronounce it. He said, that's no longer her name. Her name will be Sarah. And think about that. 25 years of having to change your name and telling people, oh, that's not who I am anymore. Nope, that's not who I am anymore. Nope, that's right. not who I am anymore. They conformed their identity to what the word of God said. And because they wouldn't give up, God showed up and he said, in a year, according to the time of life, I'm going to do this. Right. I believe I've got that timeline laid out right. So then he come back and, and you know, Sarah had Isaac. Mm-hmm. So he got his victory. And he got his victory because faith produced results because he believed in the power and authority of God. Now, see, back then... Man back then did not have what we have now. Right. And I'm saying when they did things and they did these exploits, they did this with no Holy Ghost. God's mercy towards us gave us the Holy Ghost. And the Holy Ghost helps us to do these kinds of things and to handle these kinds of things. And he intercedes for us. The Bible tells us in Romans that he intercedes for us. Right. You know, when we don't, you know, the Bible says it makes, the spirit makes groanings that can't even be uttered uh, in intercession for us and, and, and talks about, how he's constantly, you know, the Bible tells us that God knows the mind of the spirit and the spirit searches the heart of man. So well, I think that's where a lot of people, said, but. I was about to say, I think that's where a lot of people get it mixed up and a lot of people get it twisted is the, the fact that that same Holy Ghost that is on us and within us is the same Holy Ghost that walked with Jesus. And it's the same spirit that Jesus had. And Look at how he exercised that, but yet we won't tap into it at all. And what did he say? He said, greater works will you What you just said, he exercised it. Yes. He exercised his power. He exercised his authority. He didn't just stand around with his hands on his butt, sitting on him. (laughs) Well, you know. You know what I'm saying? Just sitting on him and going, well, maybe God will do it today. No. No, he was constantly up moving, doing, working. He, He was actively pursuing God teaching his disciples and seeing his ministry fulfill and heal. Exactly. You know, we talked about it. We've been talking about it last week. You know, there was 37 miracles Jesus did on his earthly ministry in three and a half years. Mm -hmm. 37. But when he come back and he resurrected, the Bible says for 40 days, he did miracles and worked wonders among people. And had he, you know, had he, they had written those things down, the world would not have enough room to contain the books of the things that he did. So he exercised that. He says, yeah, I'm going to give you all power and authority, but he gave it to us. It's our job to do something with it. If you're not doing anything with it and you're just walking around and you're saying, Oh, I've got power. Oh, I've got authority. Well, where are you exercising in your life? Jesus also told me, I know you buy your fruits. You said that, um, 30 for 37, um, 
37 miracles and stuff and he said that when they came back he had had a lot of people that documented it and stuff it reminded me i watched this uh, movie i'm not sure if anybody's seen the uh, the case of christ but he in this movie he had um it, the whole thing is he's a big investigator and he was investigating whether or not Christ was really real. And this, he went and talked to the psychiatrist and she didn't believe, but she made a comment. She said, she said, you know, even though I'm an atheist and I don't believe in this, she said it would be a miracle in itself for that many people to have seen the same exact thing. And I, I you said that, and I just reminded me of that. Like, and she's right. Even with that, for that many people well, to have that can, type of you a could delusion, go back, probably I believe you could go back in Israel's history if the stuff's still there. I remember someone was talking about it one time. I don't know how. I've never looked for it, but uh, and Jesus's birth was documented in Israel. He was physically a human being. Oh yeah, in that area, in those time frames. Yeah, and that's what um, that's what set him apart. And like you said, he was he was working with the Holy Ghost. You know, he's fully God, fully man, working with the Holy Ghost, and he fulfilled the law, and he did all these things he said he was going to do, and he he provided salvation to us. But like I said, what we're not wanting to talk about is that it takes work. There's work involved if I want to pursue God and have authority and power. It's just that simple. Well, even when he was getting ready to go to the cross and stuff, when he was in the garden and he was praying... And he was just asking God because he knew what was about to happen. And he's out there fasting and praying and seeking God even in those moments. And because he knew that's where his strength comes from. He knew that's where his authority and all of that, you know, he knew that's where he needed to be. And he would, he kept asking his disciples, just pray for me, sit up with me, you know, don't sleep. Just, just pray for me, just pray with me. And they couldn't even do that. And that's, that's where we are right now. We are those disciples that won't even get up and pray for him. You know, I just, that's where I'm at with it. I just, I guess I'm, we got to get up and seek him. We got to seek his face. And that's where we're, a lot of people are just not pressing in. They're just not seeking him. They just want it handed to them and it's not how it goes. No, it's not how it goes. It's not going to be handed to you. It doesn't matter how much you think God loves you. God loves me just as much. The Bible says he doesn't respect any person. So he is not giving to one that he wouldn't give to the other. But if you don't exercise and pursue, you will not have. It's well, just that's like uh, that's, Matthew's, I don't know how what else to Matthew say it. 6.33, it says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. So if you're ever listening to this and you're wanting that power and that authority, but you're saying, you know, I don't know Jesus. I don't know how to tap into that authority because I've never even accepted Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. Just repeat this prayer with me today. God, I ask that you would just come into my heart, that you would just cleanse me of all my sins. I ask, Father, for your forgiveness that you would just completely create in me a new heart and a new mind and a new spirit that I would follow you from today forward. And I just thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Like we said, power and authority is not obtained without working for it. It just does not, it gets given to you freely. It's the gift of God. It's the salvation. It's the mercy of God. But if you get it and, and, 
and you do not do anything with it, you're going to be like the man with the one talent who took it and hid it. And when the Lord come to return, get his return on it, he said, I knew you were a hard taskmaster that, that would collect and, and would reap where you've never sown. And he said, you knew this. He said, at least you could have taken it and put it in the bank. I could have collected it with usury, which is interest. He said, take that talent and give it to the one who has 10 talents and take the servant and cast him into outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Jesus is going to be judge one day. So do not waste what he's given you. Do not waste. Do not try. The Bible tells us in Hebrews, do not trod under your feet the blood of Christ. Do not make him an open shame because you refused to pursue the power and authority that he gave you and exercise it. And so if you got saved today, we want to know about it. You can reach out to us at our email and on Facebook. Uh, And so we're just going to pray out of here. So Father, in the name of Jesus, I just pray over the people who have listened to us today. I just pray, God, that your hand would be with them. God, that you would just keep their lives. Lord, that you would bless and increase them. Father, that this word falls on them, God. And Lord, it's seed planted in good ground. And Father, we just give you the praise for it and we give you the glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, guys, we look forward to seeing you next week. See you.